When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Oh man, sometimes it just when the world sometimes it just shine like feels right. It does to hear a little Dean Martin. Feels good. You know what? If what more people day. just listen to Dean Martin, there would be less conflict in the world. I it's impossible to be mad. It's impossible to stay angry. I think it's second it. It just chills you out. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie. That's my take of the day. <laughs> Hot take. I'll start doing my commentaries, like like Susie and Larry. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's my first one. Tony's take. More Dean Martin. That's what the world needs. <laughs> Welcome back to Columbo and Katie. Tony Columbo here with Katie Fitzpatrick in studio and on the line right now as he is every Thursday at this time is Dr. Randy Tobler. Doc, thanks so much for your time today. How are you? You just made my day, Tony. You just made my day. Playing playing Dean Martin. Now, the only thing you need to do is uh, add a little Sinatra. I mean, come fly with me. Mm -hmm. I've got you under my skin. The way you look tonight. I mean, those were the days when men were men in black tuxes and women wore beautiful, elegant dresses and romance was in the air. Almost Almost as good as Taylor and yeah. Taylor and <laughs> not Travis quite, but almost. <laughs> you want to you want to have you want to go down the the rabbit hole on YouTube one day of just pulling up old Rat Pack clips of yep. Dean and Frank and Sammy and you know guys like Tony Bennett and that whole group just uh, not their performances like their appearances on the Tonight Show. It's just great. It's just great, great yep. stuff. There's a really famous. Uh, Rat Pack show that happened uh, down here at the Chase Park Plaza uh, in uh, like 1960 that you can find the whole performance on on YouTube yeah. and it's really really good stuff. Uh, yeah, Doc, yeah, uh, so much. A perfect day to talk to you because you had a big show this past weekend here uh, on your Saturday show here on News Talk STL and I know you guys are talking about this uh, every day there on the morning show in Columbia. You had Cindy O'Laughlin on with you this past week, Nick Schroer also. So you've, you've been right in the middle of this conversation about what's happening in Jeff City. We just had Justin Sparks on with us about 20 minutes ago, so got the latest from him. Uh, how are you feeling about what is happening in Jeff City? I I was I'm I'm optimistically uh, I, I'm I, I was surprised in a good way that um, there was more communication and more progress than I thought there would be this week after what we saw last week. So for once, I'm pleasantly surprised. How are you feeling about the whole thing right now? I I think that the politicians on both sides are hearing that they better get together and get something done. That, yes, it's a political year. I think everyone's expectations out here in voter land hmm. are, you know, maybe a little tempered because of that. We realize when it's a political year, people aren't going to maybe go out as on as much a ledge as they made other. But um, I, I don't know. I just feel as though there's at least they're talking at least the bills are in committee. At least, you know, things are happening. So it's good. It's, I still think it's hilarious the way the Freedom Caucus is taking Well, if it weren't for our pressure, he wouldn't have released the bills. And they're saying, 
Well, no, we had a deal. We released the bills. You do the gubernatorial appointments. How come you didn't do that? And that's okay. They can have their little spit and match. As long as they start talking, as long as they start reporting things out of committee, as long as things come to a floor vote, as long as something's getting done. Mm -hmm. But not too much. We don't want them meddling too much in our business. So that's interesting you say that because that's literally exactly what Justin Sparks just said, is that, you know, their pressure and this this approach – is what is is getting movement on some of these issues that we haven't seen. I mean, we're talking about they're, they're, they're pushing forward initiative petition, and that is something that has sat dormant for a couple of years unbelievably to me because it just seems like it, it's so common sense that that issue needs to be addressed. Uh, but uh, but you're, you're, you're saying that maybe not uh, uh, maybe not quite – that's not quite the reason why we're seeing uh, this this movement this past week. Well, I, I guess I, I would like to see some recognition on either part when the other party does something that's mm. deemed desirable. Mm-hmm. So we had Caleb Rowden on the program yesterday in the morning. Mm-hmm. He said, look, I want to straighten something out. We had an agreement that if, if I certain, just, just threw all the bills into committee, that the gubernatorial announcement of things would be done because there's been accusations from the Freedom Caucus that the goalposts were moving, goalposts were moving from the other side, from the leadership. Mm-hmm. I asked Caleb Rowden directly. I know Caleb Rowden. I know him to be a man of integrity, a deeply faithful man. I'm not saying other people aren't, but I mm-hmm. think we're hearing one side of the story. I said, what about your moving goalposts? Tell us about it. He says, well, um, not not the case. There's goalposts that have been moving, and he cited the gubernatorial appointments. There was a general agreement. He said that if you know we're going to put the things together, uh, all the committees uh, would get uh, all those uh, the bills would go to committee, and they'd pass the gubernatorial appointments. Well, that didn't happen because suddenly it was Bill Igel. I understand proposed that we only do half the slate of gubernatorial appointments. This is when our own and my good friend Nick Schroer, who I I'm I'm very fond of Nick. I consider him a good friend. He told me on my program when I asked him, what is wrong with the gubernatorial appointments? Why, if you don't disagree with them, why are you using that? That's not right. That's not a principled move in my, in my, if you don't have a problem, because remember, if those gubernatorial appointments were not passed by a certain day, I think it's the end of this week, do you know those people would not be eligible to ever serve in the government again? Mm. That's my understanding. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that. No, I'm not. I can tell you, if you have any degree of trust in my integrity, I, I believe that people tell you the side of the truth they want you to hear to help advance oh, the argument. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't need to exactly. trust your integrity to know that. I mean, we've, we, we know that that's the case well, but, with uh, but so I'm many saying, things. And I believe that people on the Freedom Caucus have maybe not told... They've told the truth, but perhaps not the whole truth, or they haven't embellished it with, hey, you're holding... It it angered me, frankly, when I heard that, you mean these good people, you can't tell me that every one of the gubernatorial appointments are bad people, and you're going to take away their chance to serve because you've got some argument about this bill or didn't get that seeing or reading or we're not moving quick? Really? So let me. I I just that troubled me. Yeah, let me ask you this, Doc, because this has been my concern throughout this whole thing is... Oh, the voters' reaction. I think you and I talked about this this exact thing last week. I've brought it up with in multiple conversations. Uh, the the voters in Missouri, where did they stand? Did they want to see uh, a group like the Freedom Caucus come in 
and hold, draw a line in the sand and say, look, we've we've given all we can give. We've negotiated enough. It's time to make progress on all of these these promises that we've made um, over the you know over, over the last couple of years. Um, or do people not want to see that type of of you know stopping of of the system? And would rather see people work together and negotiate more for the sake of progress. And Justin Sparks, who was just on with us, said that there was, you know, people showed up at the Capitol this week. That he's hearing from his constituents that, in his opinion, there is overwhelming support among Missouri voters for what the Missouri Freedom Caucus is doing. And I know you're going to say, well, of course he's going to say that he's a member of the Freedom Caucus, and I agree with that completely. That's why I'm asking you, especially from the uh, uh, perspective of somebody in in mid Missouri in Columbia, do you feel like the voters are supportive more one way or the other, or are they just as divided as some of the politicians are? Look, I don't I don't know. Um, I, it, when you say the voters of Missouri, that includes an awful large block of voters who are not dark red meat sure. eating conservatives, yeah. which I consider myself that. Mm-hmm. But you can't always get what you want when. There are other people who have a seat at the table. And, you know, we do live in a representative-type government. <laughs> and so do the, do, the, do, the ex, do the extreme and highly principled and will accept nothing but the most, um, the most conservative IP bills, the most conservative property tax reform, the most. Do those voters support the freedom? Absolutely, 100%. Those aren't the voters of Missouri. Those are the voters who represent, who, who are the constituents of the very good people uh, like Justin, like Nick, like Bill. Very good people, but not everyone's there. And here's the other thing. I just had lunch with someone. Yeah, you and I both, we, we all know this, this person. I had, And there was a house rep there as well, conservative house rep from central Missouri. Mm-hmm. Just had a two-hour lunch. I'm not calling, I'm not here to pick sides. All I can tell you is, however it has developed, there is tremendous, tremendous resentment. I would even say animosity reported by the people who watch these things. And at least one person who has a GOP on their sleeve about the tactics of slash and burn politics. I, I look, I, and I'm maybe that's the right thing to do. You stand on your principle, that's it. But but let me ask you this. Let's use a concrete way to look at this, to analyze this yeah. pragmatically, mm-hmm. pragmatically. Do you think that the equivalent of the Freedom Caucus stance on abortion was what was happening in Kansas? Do you think the equivalent of the Freedom Caucus a, a, a position on abortion is what was happening before the vote in Ohio. I would message, I would, I would, would propose that that's the case. There were some very fervent, zealous people who said, it's, it's all, no abortions, this is it, this is what we're going to have, that's the rule in Kansas and Ohio. How'd that work out for them? Yeah, no, you, you, I, I will say. Now you can kill a baby up to the, up to the point of birth. I will say I've brought that exact issue up with Justin Sparks because I have that same concern that if you don't negotiate a little bit on that particular issue when we're talking specifically about abortion, that you do open up the opportunity for these ridiculous, these horrible, disgusting bills that have passed with limitless abortions. And to Justin's credit, at least on this show, he has said that he, while he is very strong pro-life, 
he's he's willing to to have that that discussion. I don't not saying that is it speaks for the entire Freedom Caucus, but I know that he, a member of the Freedom Caucus, has said that uh, on the show, and I and I agree with you uh, completely on that on that issue. Um, yeah. I I well, let's I, look at it. Let me go let ahead. Me throw another example, please. Okay, have you ever bought a house, Tony? <laughs> a few times. <laughs> okay, so. So you bought a house. Thanks to the Walner Home Selling Team at Berkshire Hathaway. I bought a house. There you go. Oh, wow. Was that a slip? I threw you a high, hard, uh, a hanging curve on that one. Okay. So we've all bought a house, and and both the house buyer and the house seller want the same thing. We want, right? We want that house to be transferred, right? We want the same event to happen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you, did you, have you ever, have you ever submitted a contract and said, by God, Seller, I'm going to pay this for it, and I want you to do this and change that door and put paint on and change the roof, and that's my rules. And by God, that's what you're going to do. Have you ever done that, mm-hmm. Tony? No. It's a negotiation, and yet both parties want the same event to happen. So let me let that's me ask I you this. this: You can't come in and draw a line in the sand and say it's my way or the highway on the timeline I want. I just don't think that's an effective tactic. And what I'm hearing on the ground is. There's a group of people who are very fervent, very zealous, very principled, want everything, but they're alienating the people that actually want to help them get there. That's so, what I'm hearing, and I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't know how. I didn't mean to turn myself into the representative for the Missouri Freedom Caucus in this conversation because I am definitely uh, not meaning to to do that. But I will. Yeah, I. Right. I I am, uh, but you have had this conversation probably even more with even more people than than I have. So I think it's really important to to have both of these things, uh, you know, to really get into these things. And uh, I, it's it's my understanding as a voter, you know, I am extremely frustrated and have been year after year with common sense, seemingly easy, like sports betting comes to mind. How did that not mm-hmm. get across the finish line last year? Uh, the the IP, the initiative petition reform, how did that not get, get across the finish line last year? And if there's progress being made and we can get these things that just seem like common sense uh, across the line. And what, what Justin, I, when I asked Justin Sparks and, and Nick Schroer and others, you know, about the platform, According to them, their answers are it's just the Republican platform that we've always talked about. It doesn't come off in the conversations that I've had that it's some hard line, all, you know, pushing it further and further to, you know, the extreme right. It's just this what I'm what I, yeah, it's just what I like the, the same frustration that I have. The, the amendment process in, in the state of Missouri is a mess and everybody knows that. Why do we not have any progress and maybe finally we're going to have some progress. And to me, maybe it's, it's maybe a good it's thing. A, but maybe it's a mess, Tony, unless in a future time there's because Republicans play a strong hand and the voters of Missouri become purple and we have a Democrat legislature. And then we wish that big Republican money could come in and amend the Constitution. I'm just giving you the other side. I know. That's, that's it's great. Not that it's great. Simple. Yeah. No, I right? think I think it's, it's not that simple. I agree. It's sort of, a, it's the Harry Reid. It's the Harry Reid problem. Harry Reid. Yeah, we got the power. We're going to do oh fifty percent plus one, and we can get judicial appointments in. How'd that work out for the Democrats with the Supreme Court? It didn't work out well for them. And and, and it's just, I I think we need to take a step back and say, wait a minute. 
So there's 14, 13, 14, how many IT reform bills? All good people serving their constituency who want some kind of IT reform. Well, is it six counties and 2,000, you know, I mean, 56%? Is it 10 counties or whatever? That's where the sausage making comes in. And I just don't think it's an effective technique at the end of the day in the long run. And by the way, we have gotten things done. Think about it. I mean, the Republicans have done things, although it's been painful. Tax cuts? Not nearly as much as they should have, though, over the last few years. Not nearly as much, in my opinion. Just my personal opinion. And I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. Sure. Yeah, in Tony's opinion. But we we got Crystal Quaid. We got St. Louis. We got, you know, we got people. There's other people out there. And and there's even Republicans that are in moderate areas. And when it comes to property tax reform, just had a nice discussion about that. There's truly concern about, you know, do you realize we're sixth or seventh? I was told by a House of Representatives guy, a long-term or just guys, he's been in the House for a long time, good guy, uh, several, you know, I mean, he hasn't permed out, but he's been there enough to know what's going on, and an, and an older gentleman. And he said, and I remind him, I said, what's our overall, like, our tax burden in Missouri is very low. It's it's like our overall tax burden, uh, as measured objectively by some group that measures these things, we're six or seven from the bottom of the nation. So who's going to pay for our schools? Who's going to pay for the ambulance to pick you up? Who's going to pay for the police, you know, those districts that, that get taxes, you know, mm-hmm. property tax? Where's that money going to come from? Now. My answer was, well, let's cut down their expenses and, and, and cut the regulatory mess and all that. But I, I'm just trying to give you the other side of the story. When you talk to people that are reasonable people, these are not bad people. These are people that go to Boone, to, to, to Lincoln days, uh, you know, Boone County, St. Warrington. They go to, and there are people on the other side of the, of the, of the fence. And I, I think they feel disrespected and insulted, as do the Freedom Caucus. And I just wish the two sides could get together. And I, by the way, I called both, I've called on Cindy O'Loughlin and Caleb. Why can't we get things done and, and before the, the, the last week of the session? What in the hell's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. And the explanation is because you can't force people to vote your way. You just can't. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. That's all. But yeah, yeah. The That's frustration all. is built up with the Republican supermajority and some of these things not getting done. And I think that that is what has spurred this. But, Doc, we're way out of time. But I think what's the most important yeah. thing, what I think what is the most important thing and why I think this is so important and I really appreciate and, and and love this conversation that we're having right now is because this is the these are the things that need to be publicly discussed. This is the information that needs to be out there. These are the discussions that need to be had, and I hope that they are having them just as honestly and hopefully productively behind closed doors in Jeff City as you and I are having right yes. now. Yes, yeah, and without without the name calling from yes. any yeah. side. Let's yeah. stop the name calling. Yeah, yep. amen to All that. Right. Amen to that. Great. Okay, there you go. Now, I've, there you go. I've carried the water for the other side. Yeah, Thank well, you, that, was a, that was a great, that's a great, discussion. that's a great conversation. Uh, and again, I, I think these are the most, these are the most productive and positive conversations that we can have as long as it doesn't divulge, it, it descend, as you mentioned, right. into personal right. name calling and things like right. that. Uh, great stuff, as always. Of course, we'll be listening Saturday morning, Dr. Randy Tobler Show, every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. AM 6 to 9 here on News Talk STL and every morning on the Eagle in Columbia, Missouri. Doc, really appreciate your time as always. Great yeah, stuff really, today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, yeah me Thank too. You. Talk to you soon, Doc. Have a great day. That was, yeah, that was good. That, Dr. Tobler has such an interesting perspective because he has these connections with Caleb and has these connections with Cindy. 
for years. Mm -hmm. They've had friendships, work friendships for years. So to hear his perspective about what they're saying, I understand it. Yeah. But but the case is still made that things got done. Yeah. In the, in the impo- last yeah. week and a half, that maybe wouldn't have gotten done. And for this me, early in session. It, for me, just as a as a Missouri voter and resident, I don't care about what club you're in. I just want to things to get done, done. And, and they, they haven't. They haven't. For they a very haven't long been time. getting done. And they did the first month. And yeah, and for the first time of new legislation in a long time, it feels like maybe there's a group that's going to make sure that some of these things get done. Now, I agree. I completely agree with him on the all or nothing. All or nothing is not the way to to go. But, uh, you know, I'm not positive that that is what the Missouri Freedom Caucus is doing because that is not what I hear from guys like Nick Schroer Mm -hmm. and Justin Sparks and Tim Jones and, you know, uh, the the people involved. So, uh, but that is, that was great and and a really needed. I hope, I, I really do hope that they are speaking that uh, clearly and debating uh, with each other just like Doc and I did. Uh, I hope that same conversation is happening in the Capitol. And uh, if it is, hopefully things will be even more progressive going forward. All right. I want to touch on that Second Amendment story coming out of Tennessee. And I know Katie's got some thoughts on uh, the immigration story coming out of New York. Both of these stories may um, may uh, rub you the wrong way, but uh, we're going to deliver those to you and more next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Ain't that a kick in the head? Welcome back to Columbo Katie on 101.9.94.1 News Talk STL. Man, oh man, if there was ever a show to remind you why it's important to be subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast, this is it. Great conversations today with Missouri State Representative and Freedom Caucus member Justin Sparks earlier in the 2 o'clock hour. And then just now, great conversation with Dr. Randy Tobler. And if you missed any of that, make sure you're subscribed to the Colombo and Katie podcast. We put the show out as a podcast right after we get off the air every day on basically every podcast platform. So whichever platform you use, just make sure you're subscribed to Colombo and Katie and you'll never miss anything that happens on the show. All right. uh, Talking about uh, Second Amendment bills a little bit earlier in the show, and I wanted to touch on one more. A Tennessee Democrat has introduced a bill for thoughts and prayers tax. A thoughts and prayers tax on firearm sales. Democrat Tennessee lawmaker introduced legislation that would impose the thoughts and prayers tax on the sale of firearms in that state. Uh, Representative Bo Mitchell would impose a 15% sales tax on firearms sold at retail, with the proceeds going to the Tennessee Department of Education to help hire school counselors. Tongue in cheek, he says, I made it AR 15%. <laughs> Uh, Quote, I call it the thoughts and prayers tax. If we're going to do nothing else in this state, we're going to put this taxation into a fund, into fund K through 12 mental health counselors and children. If we don't solve this problem, we're going to need a lot more mental health counselors in our schools, either for the school shooting or for the children who go home and the guns are unsecured at home and they either shoot themselves or their neighbor's children. This is such a straw man to set up the idea that if you are, if you are a pro-Second Amendment person, 
What he's saying is if you support your Second Amendment rights, you're enabling school shootings, you're somebody who leaves guns loaded, laying around your house in, for children to, to stumble up upon and use. And that is such a, such a lie about the vast majority of gun owners and people who support their Second Amendment rights. They are mostly the most responsible people, well-trained people that understand their firearm. Aaron Tarlow, we were talking about him earlier at Southern Armory. Mm -hmm. Southern Armory, you know, one of the best things that they, one of the things that they absolutely insist on is making sure you are educated Mm -hmm. on the guns that you buy. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, they will spend all the time needed to teach you about the gun, teach you about safety, make sure you're storing it correctly, make sure you know how to handle it. To act like, oh, well, if we're going to continue to if we're going to continue to make guns legal, you know, and these guns are just going to be laying around in homes unlocked for people, you know, for kids to just grab and use. It is such a BS, ridiculous argument. And there are a lot of ways to address these issues that we have without taking away our Second Amendment rights. Everybody, this this side always wants to default to. You know, you got to take the guns away to stop bad things from happening. And then they say, when is anybody going to take any action? Well, we've there's a lot of action that can be taken, but nobody but you're that's that side that doesn't want to have the conversation about different things that we can do to harden up our schools and to protect our kids and to protect our families. And all they want to do is create these ridiculous straw man arguments trying to paint every gun owner as some dangerous hillbilly. And do you think that it really helps your movement and help your cause to put more taxes on something like gun sales? Do you think it's a helpful thing for you to name it? The thoughts and prayers tax? That That 15% tax doesn't stop one single crime. It doesn't save one single life. It doesn't do one. It doesn't do anything. And how do we know that it's going to go to the thing that you said it's going to go to? It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of time left, so we'll probably get into that issue more and more. But I'm, as you guys know, huge Second Amendment person, so I wanted to make sure we talked about that. And I know there's there's one that's under your skin today as well. Yeah, so a mob of migrants in... Sanctuary City, New York, they beat the crap out of and attacked New York police officers on Tuesday after the migrants were arrested. They were released from jail without having to pay a dime in bail. This is from Breitbart. According to the New York Daily uh, News, the migrants were approached by three NYPD officers in Midtown Manhattan outside of a taxpayer funded migrant shelter. All the migrants, according to the reports, are living in the taxpayer funded shelter by Mayor Eric Adams. Mm -hmm. Footage of the attack shows the mob ruthlessly beating the officers, including kicking them in the head and back because the officers attempted to put one of the migrants under arrest. The four migrants were released from jail without bail thanks to New York State's law that ensures the suspects charged from the crimes deemed non-violent and many violent crimes are not eligible to pay bail. Non-violent is what that was deemed as, and that's why they didn't have to pay a dime did you and were see, released back to the public. Did you see the video or the pictures of when they were released? Yes. Flipping off the police, 
flipping off reporters. These are illegal immigrants. They've broken the law. In our country. Yeah. At a taxpayer-funded shelter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have that and audacity. And they're flipping off. There was a story yesterday. I want to say it was in Massachusetts, but it's happening everywhere. It's happening in, in New York and Chicago, and it's happening. Every, it, it, there's there's people that are saying it's it, it it's coming to St. Louis soon that were this community was up in arms because they just closed this their biggest community center that was used by so many families and kids they closed the whole thing because now it is completely housing illegal immigrants illegal. It, it, so the community loses this important piece of their community where people came together and kids had a place to go now it's families gone. had a place to go. Yeah. But this is the message that this administration and so many other democratic cities are sending. Come in whenever you want. Do whatever you want. Beat up our beat up the people that are protecting Americans or just protecting people in New York City. Beat the crap out of them. And then like don't worry about paying or repercussions or going to jail. Like we'll just let you back out on the streets. In fact, you can flip off whoever you yeah. want to on your way out and laugh about it. Yeah. That's what that's the standard that we're setting right now. Yeah. Shouldn't even be here. Shouldn't even be here. And it, yet I mean we put we, we all these layers on top of it, but can we just start with What are you, you doing here? Shouldn't even be here. You broke the law. There's Initially, there's yeah. millions of immigrants in this you country that came here legally and you're spitting in all of their faces and ours and our law enforcement. <laughs> it's true. Once again, if you missed anything today, make sure you're subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We put the show out every day right after we get off the air uh, out as a podcast so you can check it out. We will be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And in the meantime, keep it here for the O'Reilly Report next, followed by the Tim Jones and Chris Arp Show at 4, Larry Connors USA at 6, and the brand new Rob Carter Show at 8. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us here at 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Yeah, my life.